Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show, and we are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We want to thank you for joining us. And I said uh, at an event I was at last night at the Tea Party, I said in my opening comments, uh, I don't agree with Newt Gingrich often, but uh, when he said that uh, we're in the last battle for America, this is actually our last opportunity, I think that's very true. And at the heart of what we do is election integrity, of which there is none, in which Arizona, for example, has had the two most disastrous elections in the United States in the last two election cycles in 2020 and 2022, and yet the wonderful Arizona legislature has done nothing about it, despite the widespread fraud that has been fully exposed for all that have eyes to see. Well, we have a guest on today, Liz Harris, and Liz was a duly elected representative from Legislative District 13 in the Southeast Valley of Phoenix. And uh, she won by a good margin, and uh, she has now been kicked out. And she's been kicked out for having views about election integrity in which things must get fixed. And we think that here at the Common Sense Show, our staff and our colleagues all believe she was set up because they don't want her voice at the Capitol while they continue to aid and abet election fraud. So we're going to get to Liz in just a second, but first I need to remind you of a couple of things. And listen, we don't enjoy bringing you some of our sponsors. Some we do. One is storable food. But all i got to say is trained derailments, 62% of our food's transported, 111 food processing plants have been destroyed since Biden's come into office. Can we blame him? Well, not in a court of law, but the timing is certainly suspect. 18,000 cows destroyed recently. The there's a really an apparent attack on our food supply. Bill Gates in China buying up record amounts of farmland in America where it should be prevented. And governors like Christy Nome are trying to block it, and she's been blocked in the courts. So here's what I'm telling you. I, I'm afraid that if we have a big crisis, we go to war openly with Russia or China, food will be the first casualty for you. Because we did it in World War II. Food stamps, you were limited, you were rationed. World War One, the same thing. So the only answer is to get your own storable food. And My Patriot Supply is one of the few companies left operating. Most of them have sold out to the government. Yes, the government is storing food and using private vendors to do so. And My Patriot Supply is saying, no, no, we're going to serve the American public. They have a great sale on right now. They have not raised prices. And you get 2,000 calories per day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner with lots of diversity, and 25-year shelf life. And really, when I started this business, I never thought I would talk about storable food. Now I really see the need. So go to foodwithdave.com. That's foodwithdave.com. And just one more live read here before we join Liz. Um, Mike Lindell has suffered tremendously uh, for his stance against voter fraud. And uh, when his people called me and said, Dave, we'd like to make this available to your audience because you're sympathetic to our cause. So what he has are two-for-one sales, uh, 50% off, sometimes 75% off these great products. They wanted to send us samples. And my wife was listening to their end of the phone call, and she said, oh, we don't need them, honey. We have all their products already. They're great products. All you have to do to see what's available and what the price is, go to MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges, MyPillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. So those are the live sponsors, live read sponsors that we have for this hour. And uh, we're lucky to have Liz Harris with us, former member of the Arizona Legislature, but we're trying to work to change that. Liz, welcome to the show, and i got to tell you, you're one of my heroes. You're, you're tougher than just about anybody I know. 
thank you so much, and thanks for having me. Yeah, well, we had um, a, a nice um, presentation last night. I thought you did a good job talking about your situation to the Tea Party, and the people there certainly did understand the message and what's happened. But um, I just want to basically sum this up, and I'll let you take it where you will. Um, Jacqueline Brager presented some really inflammatory material. That doesn't mean it's untrue. It means it was inflammatory. And uh, you had the, you brought the issue to the House, but people approved this speaker coming forward, and you did not run the meeting. You didn't have the ability to start it or end it or interrupt it. That belonged to someone named Wendy Rogers, a state senator, and yet you're the fall person because legislators didn't like it. And so tell the audience uh, how they removed you from your office, and we'll just take it from there. All right. I just want the audience to know that Jacqueline Breger was not even one of the original speakers. Um, there was a list of five speakers, and because they were traveling in from around the country at their expense, I just put a caveat in substitutions, you know, would be permissible if needed. Um, so Jacqueline Breger, as you said, inflammatory. That's probably the perfect word for what happened. Um, it was her inflammatory speech that... Um, um, basically, the Democrats filed an ethics complaint, and then the chair of the, um, who was Republican, of the ethics committee pretty much um, gave me that complaint. We went through a hearing process, and then before I knew it, I was being expelled. And the, the claim or the charge that I was felt, found guilty of was disorderly behavior. So by for handing someone a microphone, they found me guilty of disorderly behavior. And then according to Rule 1, disorderly behavior, um, the, the punishment for that could be an expulsion if two-thirds of the body voted to expel me. And that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Well, how did the percentage come down? I know I think 13 people voted for you. So where does that sit with percentages? Um, in other words, what was the percentage of people actually voted me yeah. out? Yeah, how much over the two-thirds uh, threshold were they? The, so it would have taken 40 people of the 60 members okay. to actually vote me out, and for, 46 did vote me out, which I think was 76%. I don't know. I didn't do the math. Okay. Do you think that people voted against you? who might have been uh, sympathetic to voter fraud issues and wanted you to go forward, but they're fearful of their own position and even being retaliated against if they didn't vote against you? All right. So for the people who voted against me, who voted to expel me, um, yeah, retaliation measures. And there was also a nine-page report put out on me and what the report essentially said was that my testimony at the ethics hearing were lies, and that is not accurate. Um, so it was a nine-page slanderous report. And so my response to, to the report is the report is the lie. So I think a lot of people believe the report, and I think that's why they expelled me, in addition to... Um, I think, I believe one member was told that if she voted to expel me, um, it would, quote unquote, help her. And the only thing I could think that they meant was that it might help her in her next election if she voted to expel me. The only problem with that is the exact opposite is proving true. People are coming out and supporting me in droves. And they are pushing back on their legislators who are doubling down and saying, I voted to expel Liz Harris and I would do it again. So what I think this entire thing, it's basically, um, it's, uh, it's an example of our legislative body not representing the people. Well, that's been apparent for some time. After the 2020 election, you know, we had the audit. And I remember when you spoke to the Tea Party, I was in the audience. 
And one of the things that you said, almost lightly, but still the message was clear to me, that State Senator Karen Fan, the President of the Senate running the audit, was not looking at key things she should have been looking at. And so my point is, the legislatures had ample opportunity to address election fraud issues, and they have failed to do so, even under public pressure. That is correct. And they had two years from 2020 to 22 to put in legislation that would have prevented what happened in 2022, and they failed to do that. And I never understood why. But now that I've been duly elected and I served with them for three months and three days and I was with them behind closed doors, I pretty much understand how the process works, how they work. And it's, 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 uh, forgive me for saying this, but they really put themselves first before the people. Yeah, well, and that's it's been that way in Arizona for a long time. I remember when I first moved to Arizona in 1985, I met a lady, Lorraine King, and she was uh, uh, fairly high up in the Democratic Party at the time, and she's now passed. But she and I became very good friends, and she said, I just want to introduce myself to you, Dave. Uh, and she said, welcome to Arizona, and we have the best politicians that money can buy. And that was 38 years ago. So, uh, and, and, wow. and her statement did not disappoint me because she was absolutely correct everything i have seen with voter integrity in this state is a joke Uh, i know you know ernie hancock he's a good friend of our show and a personal friend of mine and ernie has brought lawsuits on these issues transporting votes in maricopa county in open boxes with no supervision Um, that that's been going on forever and a day and, and Ernie has sued over those issues, and still nothing has changed. Why do you think the Republicans have lined up against you when you bring, or, you, or someone that you know brought evidence to the table that's pretty well documented? I've read a lot of the Breger report, and there's some good documentation there, a lot of affidavits. Why do you think that they came after you, your own Republicans? Because... I've been pushing for election integrity now for the last 28 months. Right after the November 2020 election, I did that canvas, and I pretty much saw where all the loopholes were, where the alleged fraud or the potential fraud happened or could happen in the future. Um, and they know, they know I'm pretty bright, I'm pretty studied in this, and I just think they didn't want me there. Um, I think they felt that I was a disruption to their agenda. I don't know how else to say it. Uh Um, But I know that the the 12 bills that I had passed through caucus and they were ready to be put up on the board before they expelled me, I know that if those 12 bills pass, it will bring voter fraud down to 0.01%. Maybe that's the reason they wanted me expelled. I don't know, but there was a premeditated um, move on their part as one of the members was witnessed. Um, I have someone who came forward just, uh, you know, a short week ago, and she said that this member in front of a group of constituents that if Liz Harris doesn't vote on bills or does, you know, does anything else to not move the agenda of the caucus forward, and again, this is all paraphrasing, um, that she would be expelled. And that was said in December of 2022. So my question is, is if you just think about, like, your legislators, do they start talking about another member being expelled prior to that member even being sworn in? That's a little bit strange. If there's, um, if you know, there's more... If there's more voter hatred. fraud, it's not surprising if they support voter fraud. Liz, before you go on, you mentioned the canvassing, and we're speaking to largely a national audience right now as well as some people in Arizona. But some people may not know what you did with the canvassing. Can you take a couple of minutes and talk about what you did after the 2020 election? Because it was really quite remarkable. Sure. So after I lost in 2020, I decided to take a look at the voter rolls. And the first observation between a gentleman named Bobby Python and I, we noticed that the voter rolls were artificially inflated. The voter rolls had, I mean, at at that time, it was approximately 
one out of five people who should not have even been on the voter rolls. And with that information, um, hundreds of people, we went door to door and we asked people not who did you vote for, but what method did you use to vote? Um, how many um, legitimate voters are in this address at this address? Um, how many mail-in ballots did you receive and what did you do with the extra mail-in ballots? And when we basically compiled those results and we visited thousands and thousands of voters, um, the, the, the number one finding was that people who said they voted one way, um, it was recorded as another way. So, for example, someone who said they voted um, in person on Election Day, it was recorded as a mail-in ballot. Or someone who might have told us, uh, I didn't vote in the last election. There was a vote recorded and vice versa. And then, of course, we found, you know, tons of addresses where those voters did not live. And so there was just lots. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. We already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water. With Dave.com, that's waterwithdave.com. Save $80 for a short time. Of issues. And what tells you that we were over the target on that was not me having 18 YouTube channels canceled, but the Department of Justice, you know, the United States Department of Justice actually coming out and saying that that canvassing operation was violating the Civil Rights Act. Oh, that doesn't even make sense. It doesn't at all. No, it doesn't make any sense. Do you have any uh, figures on what you found statistics, keeping in mind that Donald Trump lost by 11,000 votes, allegedly? Right. So we found through extrapolation that we would have had just a tad under 300,000 illegal votes cast. So, So that could be, you know, that could be a, a voting methodology thing or issue. Um, it could be someone voting from an address that either, you know, did this address exist with people or was it really an abandoned house? Um, people not just voting from churches but voting from churches chicken. I mean, I can go on and on with all the anomalies. But we're estimating that the number was really high. 
and again, a little under 300,000 uh, illegal what, what would you say? I have a source, former law enforcement, did a lot of organized crime work, and uh, some of it was voter fraud. And he claims he understands the algorithms and so forth and the shenanigans that went on. And my work and my publications, and this caused him to reach out to me. Now he's a confidential source. Won't come on the show because he said it would cost him his life. But he told me that his numbers tell him that Trump won Maricopa County by almost a million votes. Would that seem outlandish to you, or does it, is that in line with what you found? A million votes, it seems a little bit high, but I, if he'd be willing to talk to me, we can sit down and compare notes. It seems a little bit high. I'm writing myself a note to see so if he'll do, you, do that. So do you mean um, that he won, like, by a million votes over Biden? Um, he said he got a million votes in Maricopa County and dwarfed Biden oh. dramatically. Um, okay, so he would... All right. Yeah, we'll we'll have to compare numbers. Yeah, you know, I'm, I will call him later today. Um, and as a personal note too, um, after we disconnect, I need to let you know what I found out last night too about the inquest uh, uh, request I was following up on. Sorry, that's personal, folks. Anyway, back to this. Um, the voter fraud here is off the charts. And I want to put something I did side by side with you because we worked independently of each other. The only exchange that we had was a brief Q&A that I did with you when you spoke to the Tea Party in the summer of 2021. I wrote an article in May in 2021, and a lot of it was based on observation, public record, and also a couple of insider sources, election officials who were frustrated with the audit. And um, I wrote a five-point article about how the election was stolen. And within three hours of me appearing on that same day on Paul Preston's show, the number one digital radio show in America, Paul got a phone call basically threatening his life. And uh, contacts like wow. mine, Sarah Westall is a frequent guest on her show. She had something uh, not quite as dramatic but similar. As far as I can tell, 13 of my colleagues that I routinely work with in the media were contacted and warned away from me. And that was all within the same day that that article was released. So you and I were working independently, coming to similar conclusions, and I got a hell of a lot of threats. So what happened to you as a result of your canvassing? Because I know it wasn't You said the DOJ uh, tried to come after you on bogus civil rights. What else happened to you as a result of your work? So the Arizona Senate did not allow the canvassing results to go into the report because of their alleged um, fear of the Department of Justice coming down on them. They did not let it go in the report. And then when we just, like, just you know, this is just perhaps a coincidence. But I just want to say numerous people who helped with that canvassing operation um, either were in tragic accidents or they were in tragic accidents and now deceased, which, you know, again, it could be coincident, coincidence, but just something tells me they were trying to send me a message. So do I fear for my life? No, because I'm a believer and I, I'm very confident you know, I have a job to do here, and um, right now, today, my job is to continue fighting for my seat. The Arizona legislature needs to reverse their decision, and they need to put me back in that seat. And that is going to be my focus until they choose someone else, um, because that's what's likely to happen. I'm pretty sure they're going to choose somebody else. Well, let's talk about that, too, because after you were expelled by law, they have to do a vote canvassing of uh, Republicans. And so they take the top three candidates and then uh, um, you were actually included in that group. And then it goes to the Board of Supervisors for a final decision. Let's, let's talk about that process. Tell the people what happened immediately after your expulsion with regard to choosing your replacement, where that stands now. Okay, so what happens is is that the legislative district has only six short days to put forward three names of recommendations. 
uh, for of who you know if it, so it's not just expulsion if a member dies or if a member resigns or expulsion this is what happens um, the legislative district gathered all their PCs they had to have quorum and then there was a vote taken and lo and behold um, Liz Harris myself I came in with 70% of the vote on the first round. I was the number one vote getter. And so my name, along with two others, um, have been submitted to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. And again, it's the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors that's going to pick one of the three names, and then they will announce that on Monday at 1 p.m. So I am asking people to please contact the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and let them know they need to pick Liz Harris. Let your legislators know that they unlawfully removed me from office, they stole my seat, and that they need to let the County Board of Supervisors know that they recommend Liz Harris. Yeah, okay, and we're going to come back to that process, but we had an interesting visitor last night, and I wanted to get your reaction if you care to make one. Um, Thomas Galvin from uh, District 2 of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors was there. I was kind of surprised they put one of their own out there. I don't know if he was there independently. He wants to speak to me privately and gave me his card. But what do you make of the fact that uh, one of the five supervisors was at our presentation at the tea party last night so last night i had no idea he was there um what i spoke was the truth whether anyone was there like i did not know he was there yeah he gave me his, i was not aware yeah, of that he gave me his card and he asked me says he asked me my familiarity with the supervisors and i said well the uh, chairman at that time of the election in 2022 was Bill Gates, and I go back with Bill Gates 38 years, um, and uh, we knew each other pretty well, knew his family, uh, and I told him that, and I said, he's an example of what happens to some people that get consumed by the dark side of politics. And um, so, yeah, he was there. I, I did not know that you didn't know that, but uh, he was actually standing out in the parking lot when I was speaking before you arrived and uh, I didn't know who it was I thought it was someone that the sponsors put out there to look for you to guide you in and then he came up to me when you started speaking and started speaking to me and he waited for me to leave and talk to me again Uh, you know I don't know whose side he's on but it seemed to me like a scouting operation what are we planning to do what are they going to do to us and and I'm perfectly right I'm perfectly fine with that because I want the Board of Supervisors to understand what my intent was. I I mean, I'm telling you right now that this entire situation, it was a a setup to try to get me removed. It it was. There was no question. Now, as far as um, uh, Jacqueline Berger and Thaler's information, um, I think someone brought up yesterday, if just... 10% 10% of the information true, uh, proves valid, that is explosive. Just 10% of the allegations. It's just, it's, there's so much to, there's so much to go through. I mean, John Thaler is saying he has 150,000 recorded documents. Um, and so I would just, again, be, you know, very interested to see our government do an a proper investigation. Yeah, well, I think the audience needs to know a little bit about what we're referring to here. And uh, certainly I'm just speaking from my own interpretation, but I've read through about a 1,000 pages, and I've seen a lot of the affidavits. And let's put it this way. There's certainly enough there to warrant an investigation, I mean a criminal investigation, not just legislative. And what was interesting is that uh, the Thaler-Harris uh, law firm, they came out and they allege 
massive money laundering uh, situations uh, stemming from the Sinaloa cartel with overinflated real estate values. And my audience has heard me speak about this in the Avapai County. So this is nothing new, folks. You've heard me talk about this, and I won't revisit it. So this is just a continuation of one event that I had that kind of validates some of this report. And then they said this money is skimmed off, uh, paid the lawyers, they become judges. So this is why voter fraud cases are never properly adjudicated, like in the case of Kerry Lake, where they threw out valid claims um, in summary judgment. And then they went on to say that some get direct payments. It's other types of collusion that they come into. But basically, our election system is bought and paid for. And I'll just add in my take on this, Liz, and this is, and I'm not speaking for you, but in Arizona, in all areas, whether it's trafficking, fentanyl, or elections, when you're talking cartel involvement, you're talking China. When you're talking China, you're talking cartel involvement. And this report really hits that point clearly. And listen, law enforcement has said to me those same words that I have just said here on the air. So the report on its face looks to be outrageous and inflammatory, but the guy sitting behind this end of the microphone has seen some of these things in action, and uh, some of this documentation uh, is really good, and some of it's already been adjudicated in uh, the Southern District of New York with regard to the phony Sinaloa signature uh, makers uh, in terms of working on behalf of these fake mortgage companies to launder money. And that's already Some of that's already been in the courts. So then they, when they, wow. and I want to say this to the national audience, Liz, and I'm going to let you just run with this. The entire media here in Arizona, um, the mainstream media, is saying uh, Liz Harris supports baseless claims. It's inflammatory. They never talk about your motives. Uh, why would someone who's a newly elected person get into these areas? They don't bother to address that. They just say you're a conspiracy theorist, you have baseless claims, and you dishonored the legislature by having Jackie Brager speak, and that uh, you should be dealt with in the way you were dealt with. And uh, what they're not looking at, they didn't look at one thing. They haven't looked at one allegation publicly. The media has not investigated any of the claims. They obviously haven't looked at the affidavits. It's just a summary. She's a conspiracy theorist, and she deserved to be expelled. Did I sum that up pretty well about the media? You did a great job. And, yeah, and they are giving the um, legislators who are calling me a liar, they're giving them the airwaves um, in terms of putting out, you know, their full story. Um, if I were to interview with any one of those media outlets, I mean, it would be twisted. It would be spun. I can't get a fair shake. And, and that's just a travesty that that's happening throughout the United States right now. It, no, it absolutely is. It's just absolutely incredible when I look at what's happening. Uh, but, but you know, we used to have a really conservative uh, big station here in Phoenix, KTAR, and it was kind of like the flagship media radio station in, in all of Arizona, and they were very, very conservative when I came here. Uh, they had former Green Bray as a talk show host, Preston Westmoreland. Uh, they had really good people running the network there, and now they're as liberal as CNN. Have you found that? Uh, would you agree with that assessment? There's CNN in Arizona? Yeah. I would agree with that assessment wholeheartedly, um, but I want to say that it was President Donald Trump who opened my eyes to that. When he said fake media, I'm like, what? Like, I'm, I, like, wait a second, fake media? Come on, that's a little bit. That's a little bit strong there. And boy, has that proven true. Um, the media. Won- the Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges.
100%. They've got an agenda, and um, that agenda, like I do not fit in their agenda, so they will do everything in their power to discredit people like me, uh, and that's what it's been happening. For, for me, it's been happening for actually almost three years, um, and it's an absolute travesty. Well, it certainly is. Um, I think too we need to back up and talk about to the to this audience um, what happened on election day in 2022, when 61% of uh, the voting machines and printers in heavy Republican areas failed, and state law requires them to be tested 24 hours before, and they failed on opening, and they sent many voters, and I know because I have a family member this happened to, they. Um, we're told you can't vote here because there's a problem with the printers. You have to go to another center. And then they're denied the vote at the other center because they already registered at the previous center. So they suppressed Republican vote. None of this happened in the uh, Democratic areas, just Republican. And the day before you're expelled, and I don't know if you've caught this, but I came out on the air and said this. I said, when they released the report about what happened to these voting machines on Election Day, they said, oh, they used too heavy of a paper, and it caused the printers to fail. And I'm thinking, so you're telling me the Democrats used different paper, and you're also telling me you didn't test the machines as required by state law the day before? Their, their, their explanation is not even believable. But, Liz, here's the deal. They went wall-to-wall coverage on that report the day before you were expelled. It was to get the public psychologically ready for the fact they were going to kick you out. Uh, exactly. And I think we all know that the problems on that day, um, it was a lot more than quote-unquote paper. And, and you're right. You nailed it. Did the Democrats vote on a different paper? I was very disillusioned because that was an election day like for a candidate like me. And I'll tell you, the candidates like me, you know, typically you go from polling location to voting center to voting center. Um, all I know is that we were all in, like, our own mini war rooms instructing people, no, once you check into a vote center, stay there. Do everything you can. I mean, people waited online for or in line for hours because some people got smart enough and they said, well, I'm going to use the ADA mechanism that they have because I know my votes can be counted right then and there. I mean, I can't tell you how many things, how many ideas we were giving people and how we were encouraging them to please stay at the poll regardless of the problems. I know that with my ballot, I had to feed it through the tabulator five times before it was accepted. The woman next to me had spoiled two ballots, and she was on her third ballot. She was literally, she was with a young child, and she didn't even vote the whole ballot anymore. She's like, I can't. I've got to get my, you know, I've got to get my kid off, um, I don't know, to school or whatever. And um, she she didn't even vote the full ballot anymore because she, she was running out of time absolute travesty what happened november 8th 2022 um i, I can't and here, here here i called even though i won my election i called for a new election in mid-november 2022 and the legislators did not like that yeah i <laughs> you know here's what i'm wondering Okay, and I wonder if you have a theory, because it has to be a theory at this point. Here you are, you're an, you were one of the premier, if not the premier, outspoken critic of the election outside government. And somehow you managed to win. And now we're seeing that the legislature, legislators, Republican or Democrat as a mass, don't care about voter integrity, election integrity. They could care less. In fact, actually, they do everything to block it. So how was it that you won and they didn't fix the election against you? Okay, so my this is really good because I'm having a new insight as of this morning. So originally, I thought that they let me win by accident. Like, in other words, like I just kind of slipped through the cracks. The algorithm wasn't done right. So you know how Trump won in 2016? They did not intend for him to win. So I was kind of thinking that I, I, um, I won, like, by slipping through the, the cracks. Now, wait, here's my new insight, Dave. Did they allow me to win 
and to put me through this entire exercise of being expelled to try to kill what they call the election denier conspiracy theory. You know, I was, I'm wondering you know. if this was not a bigger setup than I actually realized. I don't know. I'm just putting that out there. You know, I was going to preface my question with telling you this is what I thought, but I thought you might laugh at me. So I thought, okay, let me pose my feelings in the form of a question to see where you take it. You're expressing exactly what I told my family last night when I got home. I said, this was a setup to get her elected because here she's on the outside throwing bombs at election integrity and they're going crazy about it and they're fearful. So let's let her get in and let's discredit the hell out of her. And what really supports that theory, and it's not a conspiracy theory, you have knowledge that the month before you were sworn in, you were already getting stories about how they were going to line up against you. Am I right? That is correct. And let me tell you, it has also been said by a member that if Liz were of average intelligence, she might have gotten a pass on all this. <laughs> but because she's a smart woman, uh, yeah, we're not so sure. We're, we're going to expel her. <clears throat> if what these legislators do not realize is that there is an army of people out there. They are reporting back everything to me. Everything. When when these legislators are doubling down that they would make the same decision and expel me again, another legislator had like five ridiculous points of why I had to be expelled. I mean, there's just, there's so much um, gaslighting and there's such an anti-Liz narrative that has been set. And again, I am fighting to be reinstated. I'm willing to go back down there. I spent three and a half years running for this seat. Um, The money that's put into these elections is absolutely ridiculous. I believe I've spent over over $100,000 over the course of the last three and a half years. And I did all this to make $24,000 a year, period. Not $24,000 a year and then some. you know, I have my, my regular profession. So, you know, I just, I can't, I'm just baffled by why these people threw me out. Well, I think we know, but I'm just baffled at how basically everything happened. Um, and just, you know, I remained confident. Um, you know, I told the story last night of Speaker Toma uh, calling me into the chamber. I said, I know you want my resignation. He said, um, yes, well, because I have something. To, I have a resolution um, to expel you. He never asked me for an apology at that point. He just said, I have a resolution to, exp- to expel you. And I said, well, I will not resign because I did, I'm not guilty. I'm not a quitter. Um, I did nothing wrong, and I have nothing to hide. And then I asked him, you know, well, why aren't you going after Jacqueline Berger and John Thaler? You know, if they're the ones who, like, I didn't tell them this, but they're the ones who said this. My only crime was giving a constituent a microphone. And if that's a crime, a a microphone to address the legislature, and if that's a crime, then we have lost this country. Well, well, look at Trump. He's being charged with a federal offense, a violation of jurisdictional authority. If it's a state offense, uh, limitations apply with regard to statute limitations. Uh, And so we still don't really know what the crime is. And and so the same thing is happening to you, and this seems to be their motive. But the one thing I wanted to mention here to the audience, and Liz, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, so I'll just speak for me. But I watched those proceedings, and you were pretty silent. And uh, the person that uh, started the meeting, concluded the meeting, and had the ability to stop the meeting and said, this is too inflammatory. I didn't know it was going to go this far south, so I'm stopping this. That person was State Senator Wendy Rogers, and uh, I've had dealings with Wendy Rogers. I've not told you this part yet about her. I'm going to put this out here, and I'm speaking just for myself, but I've interviewed her a few times. 
And about three or four days after I interviewed her the last time, she came out with this outrageous claim that these attorney generals were going to decertify elections all over the country. And I'm looking at it, and I'm saying, I'm not seeing that. And my audience is coming after me saying, she's off the trails, Dave. Why did you have her on the air? I'm getting criticized by my own audience. So I tried to contact her unsuccessfully for a week. And then finally I had to come out and make a statement saying, I do not support her claims. Um, I appreciate her participation on our show, but I can't support the claims she's making. I don't think they're true. And so she retaliated against me. This is the part I haven't told you. She went on to Rumble, and she authored a piece against me, a hit piece, called Clueless Dave Hodges. And when I've told this story to people, they just sit back in amazement that a state legislator would attack a private citizen in a public forum like that. But that's what she did because I said I didn't believe her. She should wow. she should have been the one that took the fall. Um, she ran the meeting. This comes back on her. Now, maybe Toma, the Speaker of the House, could have come and packaged the deal and said, hey, you're both to blame, and I'm kicking you both out. Okay, but Wendy Rogers got nothing. And I'm going to put something out, and if you don't want to comment it, I completely understand. But I know for a fact that before State Senator Karen Fan left office, she appointed Wendy Rogers to be in charge of crypto. She's the crypto head. And if CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, which will destroy all freedom in this country, if it comes into play, Wendy will be the point person if she's in office because of her position with crypto. I don't know if you want to comment on her or not. I mean, I don't think she's a friend of the people is what I'm telling you. She's been flipped. No, um, Wendy had some digital currency legislation. Um, actually, it was uh, there were bills regarding that with Wendy's name on it as a sponsor. But going back to the hearing, at the end of the hearing, Wendy actually called Jacqueline Breger a brave woman. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> and and nothing I happens think, to I her. Wendy- <laughs> I mean, she, right. she gets a pass. For running the meeting that you got kicked out for. That's right. That's amazing. And I don't think that point can be made too softly. That's right. Um, see, okay, you said this, that you're wondering now if your election wasn't allowed to go through without election interference uh, so they could once discredit you once and for all as a body member, okay, and then the public would never listen to you again. And I, that's just, this is the position I think is most likely. But then again, too, you had to go through many steps to put guests out there to come in, and the Brager report was not even your first choice, and this had to be approved by other people, and Wendy Rogers facilitated it, and then she says, oh, you're a brave woman, and you're the one that takes the fall. See, that looks to me like a second setup against you. Uh, You know what? I would not be surprised at this point. Understand, a lot of these legislators, they fundraise a lot of money off of election integrity. I have taken zero dollars on my election integrity pursuits. Someone went to donate to my campaign. I was very grateful. I didn't even push it. I'm telling you, election integrity is a huge fundraising topic. What do you mean by it's huge? I mean, people donate to it? Um, I don't want to use any names, but some legislators, again, for a state position, have raised millions of dollars. Like, oh, that's oh, not oh I, know, I know what you're talking about. That's been out there publicly. Uh, the Brager the Report has identified. Uh, should I say the names or should I be silent in this interview on that? Yeah, I'd ra- no, I'd, ra- I'd rather you say the names than me. Okay. Um, as I've come to call her affectionately, uh, Governor Katie Hobbit, who campaigned from her basement and never did a debate with Carrie Lake. That's one, $500,000, according to the Brager Report. And Adrian Fontes, I'm very familiar with Mr. Fontes. Uh, his his actions as county clerk and recorder of Maricopa County were notorious, yet somehow now we put him in office in the Secretary of State, and he defended the cartel murders of Border Agent Brian Terry in the Fast and Furious debacle that set all that off. And according to Paul Preston, 
and other people in California that I know, he continues to have cartel associations. And I'm not saying these associations are legal, or excuse me, illegal, but I will say this, it's a matter of judgment. Even if he's completely within the law, do you really want a Secretary of State that's that intertwined with the cartel? And that, that, those are the two officials I'm most familiar with, but they're, they're not the only ones. Yeah, so I, I just think all the money in politics, it, it's its what makes politics so bad. We really just need honest people that are willing to say, hey, you know, in, instead of all, you know, raising millions of dollars, um, why not just have, you know, there's two things. It's, it's the actions of the person. It's not the words. So let every person who's about to run for office have a podcast. Watch them. Like, study them. And then the second that their actions start um, deviating from what their words are, you're going to say, oh, well, I guess, I guess they weren't real. I guess they weren't, they're not really for the people. But you, you just have to have that discernment, and you have to be able to ask them the right questions. So right now, I think I'm in a position where I can tell you just by spending five to ten minutes with someone determining whether or not they're going to truly serve the people. So, you know, maybe a new career for me is the Liz Harris endorser. I don't know. But until this Monday at 1 o'clock where they're going to announce my replacement, hopefully they replace me with me. But I am going to continue to fight for this seat. And once again, if everyone who's listening can reach out to their Arizona legislators again and again and again and to the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and say, you took this seat from Liz Harris, LB13 voted her number one to return that to that seat. I mean, that's that's basically the movement we need right now. And I'm asking everyone not to let up on this because, again, my job, I, I never missed a vote. I never missed a day um, on the floor, that is, um, in committee. The committee, the only time I missed a vote or two, it's because I was up in my office trying to do a final filing dealing with this ethics complaint. It's just, again, it's ridiculous. It was a witch hunt, and I'm very, very disillusioned with our government here in Arizona, and I'm willing, even as disillusioned as I am, I'm willing to go back down there and to continue fighting for the people you know i don't think it would have mattered if you had brager or your first two choices because you had two choices that couldn't show up uh to testify i don't think it would have matter who you had it could have been the postman and they would have come after you do, have you do you have that feeling too yes I feel like they would have picked apart something during that day. Yeah, I think the intent has really been exposed. But the, the thing here that, that really stands out is the word retaliation. And there's two areas of retaliation that, if you don't want to talk about the personal one, I understand, but I, but I think the public might be interested. They're not just stopping with the legislature. They're coming after you personally. But I also think they're using you as the poster child for if you don't fall in the line with what we're doing here at the Capitol, this is going to happen to you. So can you talk about the retaliation personally and what you're going through as well as uh, you being the symbol of retaliation? So that is completely accurate. As I was carrying my boxes from the the building, the house, to my car, and all the media swarmed me, um, I basically told them, you know, this: if you do not toe the line, this is what happens to you. And as far as retaliation is concerned, once again, um, when these legislators right now, they're all showing up to their legislative district meetings, and again, the retaliation is pretty much for them to just be doubling down and again, you know, saying Liz Harris is a liar. Even the Senate members are saying Liz Harris is a liar and, um, you know, we would not change our decision even if we, you know, even if we had new information, and I'm telling you that these legislators are being called by people who have intimate knowledge of what happened in the planning process of the Jacqueline Breger presentation, saying Liz Harris did not know that there was going to be an inflammatory presentation. And I'm telling you, these guys, they're not listening. They, they seem to not care. 
Well, they, ca- so, they, they again, have an agenda. You know, point- they care. They, they have an agenda. So when it's point the finger and three fingers pointing back at you, mm-hmm. th- that's what you need to understand is happening here. Um, but they're also going after you personally on a professional level, aren't they? Oh, on a professional level. So um, this upcoming Monday, I'm going to have to stand um, before my one of my boards. I'm not saying which board it is. I'm on numerous boards. But um, I'm going to have to stand in front of my board for, um, I think it's disorderly conduct. Mm-hmm. Um, if I did anything in all of this, everything that's happened to me, if Liz Harris is personally responsible for bringing a bad reputation to this board. Uh, so, yes, so they are going after me um, on a professional level as well. I would not be surprised if this was um, not Again, part of the setup. Yeah, well, they're trying. And uh, I, I, you know, they're trying to interfere in your ability to make money. That's, that's, uh, and and see, I've seen this behavior before from the liberal left. Um, I'm friends with Tom Renz, who was the first attorney for the frontline doctors. And what did they do to these doctors? And they came out and they said, "Hey, we're not really buying the story you're telling about the vaccines or the spread of corona and doesn't affect all ages equally." Boom! They lost their medical licenses. And this is what they're attempting to do to you. Right. This is a typical strategy that they employ. And and uh, this is why I want to encourage that my audience to, to take to take action. Um, you know, we were scouted last night, and I don't know the side that that Maricopa County Board of Supervisor was on, but there's a reason why he was there. And uh, I think it's interesting that this person showed up, and maybe they'll end up being an ally. We'll see. But I, f- I think they're really fearful of where this is going. Why else would they have one of their own there? Very interesting. I think, too, Liz, that um, I want you to get your seat back, but I also think there's some remedies down the road. Let me just run a couple out here. Um, if you don't get a favorable vote from the supervisors, and, and i got to tell you, Bill Gates ran a political action campaign against Arizona America First candidates, including Carrie Lake, and he did it in combination with the Maricopa County Clerk and Recorder. Um, so he's not going to be sympathetic to you, and uh, they're going to have to really feel the heat to not... Uh, to, uh, let's put it this way. They're going to have to be bent to the public's will pretty severely, I think, to change their mind, because it was them that perpetrated the fraud, and it was them that hang, hung on illegally to the election codes of 2020 when court orders to give them up to see where the votes were counted. So these people are not going to be your friend. But if you don't have a successful resolution, I think there's other options here, Liz. I think recalling uh, Willoughby, who was the second vote getter, um, and then holding a recall election. I think that's one. Uh, I think in the next election, 2024, you run again um, in your own district. And they may not be able to flip the vote enough to overcome an overwhelming majority. In other words, what I'm saying to you, Liz, this issue is not over. Even regardless of what happens Monday, this issue is not over. And if I were the supervisors right now, if I were Ben Toma, I'd be scared to death of you being on the outside. Yeah, they should have kept me on the inside because I, w- I would have been forced to been quiet. Well, they're not very smart because the old saying is, you know, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. That's what they should have done. And here they're creating a martyr. And in my business, I have seen this happen over and over. What's happened to Donald Trump's ratings and his fundraising since Alvin Bragg came into the scene? This is what's going to happen for you. And and I just want to add, there is one legislator out there, Republican, saying that Liz Harris did this just so that she could become a martyr and run for a higher position. That is the furthest thing from the truth. I'm like, I'm fighting so many narratives here, and I really need your audience's help to contact the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and the legislators. Go ahead. No, no, you're right, and that's what I want to encourage people to do. And we're going to put out some of the key players on uh, our website at thecommonsenshow.com when we publish this interview in the next 24 hours. 
We're going to put that up on our website uh, along with some of the contact information. But, ladies and gentlemen, um, across the nation, if you're in Atlanta, you've had your election stolen from you. You need to make this your line in the sand. So you're saying, gee, I'm in Minnesota. Why do I care? Election integrity is a 50-state problem, and Liz is at the forefront of fighting it. She got elected and kicked out because she's defending your right to have your vote count. That's one thing I want to leave the public with. Liz, we are flat out of time, but uh, continued good luck with what you're doing. I really want to see a reversal, but this isn't over either way. And, uh, by the way, I know you're going to be talking to Tina Peters. Tell her Dave Hodges said she's one of his heroes. As you are too. All right, yeah. I think I'm gonna have I'm gonna have an event here in Arizona with Tina Peters on Sunday evening. Very excited for that. Uh, let, drop me a text and let me know. Okay, I have free I have free time Thank on you. Sunday. Liz, thanks for joining us here on the Common Sense Show, and uh, good luck to you. I'll be in touch. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. And please get to work and help Liz. Thanks, Liz. Thank you. Bye bye. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TV. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.